all things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Say they gon' be them Powered by Overtime Media. What is up, Who Dat Nation? Welcome into another off-season edition here at the Who Dat Discussion. As always, I am your host, Andrew Galata. You can follow me on Twitter, at Andrew Galata. And then also, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, at the Who Dat Dis. We have another interesting episode in store for you guys, as Dennis Allen spoke about a ton of topics, which we'll get into every single one. Also, Aaron Glenn did speak as well, so we'll be getting into a lot of the defense in this episode. And then to top it off, we will be continuing our positional breakdown groups here with the cornerback group. So this is going to be a very defensive-centric episode, but definitely uh, just want to jump right into Alan's comments, then we'll get into what Glenn said, because he really just said one very interesting thing about Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, how he's going to play a lot in the slot. So I want to talk about that as well, because basically we'll probably talk about what Aaron Glenn said, the same secondary coach, when we talk about what Dennis Allen said about the secondary, and we could kind of match that up, and then we will move on to talking about our positional breakdowns here with the cornerbacks. But let's start off here with what Dennis Allen said, and what he said was very, very interesting. So he talked about Malcolm Jenkins, he talked about Janoris Jenkins, Zach Bond, but we're going to start off what he said about the Drew Brees controversial comments, the team meeting, and all that stuff. And we're going to tie also that together with what Shaq said, because he was on the team meeting, and I thought what he said was extremely interesting. So basically what Dennis Allen said, though, he said, basically, look, it was a great meeting. And then he said the team definitely benefited from it. And basically all he said, look, we're in a time of listening. And that takes you know two roads, takes two, you know, it's a two way street because you could have someone screaming at the top of their lungs. But if someone's listening, it doesn't matter. And he said, now we are at a time of listening. And I, I do think that Breeze has definitely showed that he is listening, especially not only with his two apologies, but with his comments to the president. And then also with Shannon Sharp, how he had a call with Shannon Sharp. I, I do think that he is definitely on his road to recovery. And it was interesting that um, Alan did say that. He said, look, the meeting was um, a good meeting. And basically, look, we have a lot of leaders on this team. And that starts with Sean Payton. Well, actually, he actually said it starts with the owners. Then it goes to Mickey Loomis, then Sean Payton, and then down to so many Saints players. So it's just such a very uh, resilient group. And again, th- look, this is probably not the last piece of adversity they're going to face this year and it hasn't been the first we know how many how many things have the saints endured over the last few years and they just keep coming back fighting and again i think that this is something that will eventually make them closer and it seems like breeze is on the right track here and hopefully he'll continue being on that track and i definitely think he will he said he'll do anything his power to do that so i do think that is really good and i did want to get into what Shaq said shaquille o'neal because he was on the saints meeting And I I thought the main thing that he said, it was extremely interesting. He said that don't let the media divide you. He said, look, when Shaq and Kobe, you know, me and Kobe played, you know, we obviously had differences, but the media definitely magnified that. And I think that was something that he said. And he said, look, don't let them get into your head. Don't let them try to tear you apart because that's what they're going to try to do. And they always try to do it, especially with situations like these. Don't let the media do that. And that was his main thing. Don't let people break your bond, you know. I do think that's something really big. Like, don't let anyone from the outside, you know, break anything that was on the inside. And again, that's something that's very powerful. And he said, don't make the same mistake that um, me and Kobe did, because he said, look, if we stayed together longer, we would have won more titles. And look, obviously, they won a lot. 
And that is definitely, I mean, great. I mean, Shaq winning, I mean, I think three titles that were there with Kobe and that great duo, that dynamic duo that they had. He said that they could have won more. And that's something to me that was very, very interesting. And again, the Saints cannot let people from the outside break break in and destroy things on the inside. And I do think that was such a powerful statement. And I definitely want to say that. But I do want to get back to what Dennis Allen said. And now specifically with this defense and moving forward, we're going to get into the specifics about what Allen said. And to me, the biggest thing starting off here, he talked about Malcolm Jenkins and what he'll bring to this team. And again, the biggest things that he said was that he's going to be a huge leader and he's extremely intellectual. He said he plays a game within the game. And I thought that was extremely interesting for him to say that. He said he can't wait to work with Jenkins again and that, you know, his level of intelligence and obviously his play, he said his plays evolved so much since he's been with New Orleans last that it's going to be really fun to work with him. And again, I think that's very interesting because he goes on to say that the Saints will play a lot more man coverage or they may play a lot more man coverage here in 2020 because they have a lot more veterans they have a lot more guys with ball skills than they did last year and that's going to bode well you know for guys um to play more man coverage especially when you have a great man cover guy with Lattimore and then you also have Jenkins Janoris Jenkins I should say and he's going to come in here and he's also a really good cover guy man-to-man guy and he has obviously has amazing ball skills then you have Malcolm Jenkins who will definitely mitigate those big plays, because there was something the Saints were a suspect against, and that was those big plays last year. And again, when they played man, and when you play zone, there's less likeliness that you're going to give up the big play unless you have someone obviously missing assignment in a zone and stuff like that. But you can easily get beat deep, man. And the Saints, I think, had that trouble with Eli Apple and some other guys. And then also you saw Marcus Williams out of place sometimes, and that's going to be bad. And again, when you're in zone, the only reason where you can really give up those big plays is if you're out of place. And you're, and you're not playing your correct zone. And again, that's less likely than you just getting burnt deep. And that happened to the Saints when they did play. Man, I think that's something you got to look at. But you add Janoris, who's rarely gets beat and burnt on the man coverage. And that's something that I, like, at least, like, burnt really bad. Like, obviously, he'll probably give up a big player, too. He's not, like, the perfect, you know, shutdown corner Jarrell Rivas. And he's probably not even up to the Marshawn Lattimore uh, level, but I do think that at his best, he could be a number one corner, as I said in our film study with him, and he could be a guy that could definitely be a 1A to Mar- Marshawn Lattimore, excuse me there, and I do think that he's a guy that could come up and play the man coverage, and so does Dennis Allen think that as well, because he said, you know, you, you have Janoris Jenkins here, who's a lot better in man coverage, he's a lot more ball skills that kind of work better with man coverage, and we trust what he's able to do in man coverage, and then you have Marshawn Lattimore, who's a great cover corner, and then you're going to have Malcolm Jenkins on the back end, along with Marcus Williams, who's just a very intelligent, cerebral guy, and he is going to help you with mitigating those big plays, making sure everyone's in the right place, because if you have the talent to play man and you have the safeties to play man, you probably should play man, because look, if you can't, you know, if you can play a good man, it's very hard for an offense to crack it, and sometimes a lot of offenses can't crack a good man coverage, and we kind of saw that, I mean, with the Saints, I mean, look, How many times do people say Drew Brees picks zones apart, but if you can play man against him and get pressure, well, then you have a successful uh, plan to defeat him. And that, I think, is something that, look, when the Saints get into those those offenses that are great and they just lay up the scoreboard, if you're able to play man well and you're able to stop the run, it does bode a lot better. So I thought that was really interesting. And, you know, the big thing that he was talking about with both of these guys, both Jenkinses, was the leadership that they're going to bring. And I think that pairs well with playing man defense because if you can play man defense well and man coverage well 
you know, you're going to be set up for success. And I do think that was really interesting that they talked about that. And look, the Saints did play a lot of zone last year. And obviously they played man too. But if you're able to upgrade at corner, upgrade at safety, which I think they have, especially in the leadership department, and they did get a little more veteran, and that's great. And I do think that will mitigate the big plays. And look, I don't think the Saints will go up as many big plays as last year because I think Malcolm Jenkins is going to get everybody in the right place, get everyone in order, and then he's going to be able to make plays as well. I think they are going to have more interceptions. I think they have more guys with ball skills. That's obviously going to help to get those interceptions. I, I do think that Marshawn Lattimore, if he's targeted, will get a few interceptions. I do think that Janoris Jenkins is in for a big year because I think people are going to target him a lot. So he'll have more opportunities to get those big plays and um, interceptions, fumbles, and a turnover. So that's obviously really big. And I also now, because we're talking about the secondary and the more man coverage and kind of the coverage layout that the Saints will be playing, Aaron Glenn, the Saints secondary coach, did talk today as well, especially about Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. And he said that he'll spend a good amount of the time covering in the slot, which I thought is very interesting as well. Because the Saints have kind of hinted, another thing that I was going to talk about, and I'll I'll just get into it right now, something that the Saints have hinted over these this offseason is that you're going to see P.J. Williams play more safety. And the Saints really liked him in that safety. They like that versatility. And if he's playing safety or giving the safeties depth, then you're going to see Chauncey Garner-Johnson play a lot in the slot. They said they're very happy to what Chauncey Garner-Johnson did in the slot, and they want to continue it. And they feel like he's continuing to get better. And to me, that's very interesting because that means... Malcolm Jenkins is going to play less in the slot, and, and I do think that he's going to play the more Von Bell role, and I, I think that Malcolm Jenkins could play the Von Bell role better than Von Bell did, and I do think that is very, very interesting, because when you look at it, Von Bell, I think, was a great player, and again, I think he was getting better and better, which is, to me, very, very good, but again, I think that you have Jenkins in there, a guy with a little older, a guy that has the ball skills, that's going to be something that's really big for the Saints, and I do think that even though Von Bell did a lot of great things, and Von Bell could, you know, look as Jenkins' career weans and it gets and he gets older and older, and then Von Bell just shoots into his prime. You may you may see in three years that Von Bell's maybe a better player than Jor- and Malcolm Jenkins, excuse me, there. But I think now Malcolm is better for at least this year, and I do think that is you're going to see an upgrade there, and I, I do think you're going to see less big plays. You're going to see, to me, more big plays for the Saints. And I, and I do think that this defense, especially the secondary, you're going to be able to trust it more. And this is something that the Saints haven't had in such a long time. When was the last time, as a Saints fan, I just want to ask this question here. Have you guys trusted the secondary? Of like, oh, we're not going to give up big plays. We're doing amazing. We're locked down. I don't know what the last time that was. And maybe it hasn't been even in the Drew Brees, Sean Payton era. Maybe those 2009 teams. But again, they gave up some big plays. They made big plays, but they also gave up big plays. So, again, that's something that we have to look at, and it is very interesting. It is a very, very interesting thing that the Saints are pulling up here, because when you look at it, it's something that, look, you're going to have Chauncey Garner-Johnson in the slot more, and he showed that he can definitely guard the slot. He was actually better than Malcolm Jenkins in the slot, so I thought that was very interesting. So he's able to guard those tight ends, in my opinion. Now, yes, he had a bad play against George Kittle, and that's going to be put on highlight reels over and over again, but, again, to win the game for the 49ers. But, again, I think overall he did a very good job, and if they want to put Malcolm Jenkins in as more of that quarterback of the secondary, making sure everyone's in the good place, making plays, being a ball hawk, then the Von Bell role suits him much better. So I do think that is very interesting there. But that's really all I wanted to say about the secondary. But there was just one more thing that he did talk about personnel-wise, and that was about Zach Bond. And he said, look, we have a vision for him. And again, that's something that we're going to try to execute. That means on ball and off ball, which I thought was very interesting. He said that we have a vision for him off ball, but then we also have a vision for him 
pass rushing. And he said he's really good with those pass rushing techniques. And they're very happy with what the player they got. And they love that he's able to do a lot of different things. I think that's really big. And when looking at it, that's something that I think is huge when looking at Dawn and what he's able to do. Because I do think that, really, the Saints' main thing, not main thing, but I think the Saints' best case scenario here is going to have everybody healthy. So you have Demario Davis, Alex Anzalone, and usually the Saints only play two linebackers because they play a lot of nickel. And then they're able to put Bond in pass rushing situations in um, third down, but then also he could be your third linebacker as well. So he's playing like a kind of a dual role. And then also you have Kiko Alonso if you want him to be your third linebacker so you can have Bond rush the passer a little more. I do think that's something that the Saints are looking at. And they're like, okay, we can put Bond, we can put multiple... Um, eggs in different baskets and for with Bond and that to me is really big they're killing two birds with one stone and I do think that's something really big with Bond and it was really interesting to hear that they have that vision and a reporter did ask do you think not having a rookie minicamp do you think really only having a training camp is going to hurt him and they said no they said look yet yeah, maybe it's going to take a little longer to execute that plan that they have for him but maybe it won't he said that's really going to be our job as coaches and he said there is a challenge that we have here but, you know, these challenges predate winning and it predates success. And we have to, like, if we're able to overcome it, that's going to predate success. And then we're eventually going to get to that success. So I thought that was really interesting as well. And he said, look, that's why they pay us the big bucks to coach in these types of situations and adapt and all that stuff. So I thought that was just a very interesting conversation. I definitely encourage you guys to go watch it if you have 30 minutes of your time, because I thought it was just a very nice conversation. And Dennis Allen, he's a smart dude. And it was very interesting to hear a lot of what he thinks that the Saints defense is going to be and how much veteran, like he kept on saying, we have so much veteran talent, so much veteran talent, so much veteran talent. And that's going to really help us this year. And again, that's what I really took out of it. And then also about the secondary playing more man, I think could help them. And if if they're able to execute, it's going to help them in a big way. If they can't execute it, they're going to have to obviously go back to square one and change things. But if they could play man, like, and and they could have two really good corners, you know, Janoris playing at his top level, Marshawn playing at his top level. I mean, that's going to be unbeatable for the scene. So I thought that was very interesting. But before we get into our positional breakdown here of the cornerbacks, we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Who Dat Discussion podcast. Welcome back into the Who Dat Discussion. And now we are going to get into our positional breakdown here, talking about the cornerbacks. And we're just going to get right into it, starting off with our number one corner. We all know him, Marshawn Lattimore, 24. He'll be by the start of the 2020 season, which to me, look, he's obviously an extremely young player, and he's going to have a fifth-year option, so the Saints probably won't look into an extension until after this season, going into next season, same with Ryan Ramchek. So they're going to have to give both those guys big contracts, and I think Lattimore fully deserves it, because he's a guy that last year I thought played really well. And then, look, again... The PFF grade wasn't really that great. It was actually his lowest of his career at 68. That's still not bad, but that's what he was able to do. He did have 14 pass defenses, 57 tackles, one interception for him. But I thought he was really good, and he got back to that form of his first year. Because the second year, remember, if he started out in 2018, poor. And he played pretty poor for a few games, but then he got better and better and better. And he was amazing at the end of the season. He had two picks in that playoff game against the Eagles. I thought he was just outstanding. And you saw the defense get better and better, probably because Lattimore is getting better and better. And this year, he was playing, I think, amazing. And again, especially when the Saints defense was playing really good, he was playing really good. Now, then he had a little of a bumpy road in the middle, but it looked like he picked it back up. The end of the season, he was playing extremely well. You had those last four or five games in the season, he was playing very well. And then, really, after that 49ers game, he was shut down for the rest of the season. And then you brought him to the playoff game. And again, I don't think he played poor that game, 
but he didn't play primetime great Lattimore. It wasn't his top play. And it wasn't his worst play, but it just was just, it, it wasn't the top. And again, he got hurt at the end of that game, so he wasn't in, which kind of stinks. And who who knows what would have happened there in that overtime if, you know, because that big play to Thielen was covered by Patrick Robinson and also Mar- uh, Marcus Williams as well. And he was the one that actually kind of messed up the coverage Williams was. But maybe if Marshawn was there, he would have made a play. Again, it's very tough to kind of realize that. And it, it's, it's definitely tough to, like, what if he was in that game? But I do think that the Saints are very strong with him. They're very confident with him. If he can stay healthy, again, top corner, one of the best in the league. And I think he's going to come in and do that. Again, you're seeing he's the ability to play man, play zone. He could do all that stuff. He's a very good cover guy. And I do think you project him in there as a number one corner. He's definitely, you know, an, an elite corner in this league right now. An amazing number one pick for the Saints. And again, he's a guy that's going to lead this team, I think, for years to come, or at least a secondary for years to come. And he's going to be a guy that the Saints need because, Look, before Marshawn Lattimore, how many guys can you say, oh, he's a lockdown corner for the Saints? Not many. The Saints defenses always need one lockdown corner. And I think that he can be the guy for the Saints. And it seems like that he's coming into his own here. He's getting better and better. Now he is, you know, going into this fourth season. So you definitely want to see him really establish himself as that star. He did make the Pro Bowl last year. Like, again, I think that he's really going to hit his top of the game here this year. And again, I, I'm very confident with him as a number one. Our number two, I'm also very confident with, and I think it's an upgrade over last year, and that's Janoris Jenkins. He will be 31, but I do like that the Saints are getting a veteran here, and I do think he's still in his prime. And the thing about Janoris, he's played very good at times, and then you know he's had some little poor play, but, it, but with the Saints, he was, I think, great. And I think he was a guy that when he came in here at the end of the season, he played a really good playoff game. I, I think out of anyone in the secondary, he played the best in that playoff game. And you saw his veteran skills really come out because he played outstanding in that game. And again, he was a guy that had five picks last year and he and he had a PFF grade of 69. So technically better than Lattimore there. But I think he was a guy that with the Giants, I think that he was able to have a lot of ball hawks, but there was no one around him. So it was really tough for him to, I mean, make plays, especially. And he was, I think, pressed at times because he was really the only one in that secondary that was having you know a solid season. And again, I, I think that's something that once he came to New Orleans, and he really came with a lot of guys that were playing good, and he's more of a number two guy. He's not going to be playing the number one co- the number one receiver, excuse me there. So again, I'm very happy with him. I think he will get targeted a lot just because I think Lattimore is going to be locked down and they won't try to target him as much. But that means you're going to see more interceptions from him. I think he's a big play type player, and he's going to try to get that home run interception. And I do think the Saints need a guy like that. And right now, the Saints didn't get a lot of interceptions last year, so maybe bringing in Janoris is the right move. He's a guy that has great man-to-man skills, as we said. He's also solid in zone two, but I think he's better in man because then he could really use those ball skills and those man-to-man skills like we showed in the film study. Like a lot of that great technique was in man coverage. And I do think that he could play zone two and he's smart enough to play zone. And as I saw in the film study, definitely can do that. But I think you're going to see the most impact for him if he's in that man-to-man coverage. And if the scenes can do it correctly and implement a good system, I think you're going to see success from Jenkins and you're going to see him get those turnovers. And to me, that's really, really big. And that's something that I think you should definitely look forward to as a Saints fan, because if he is a guy that could stay healthy and play at the top of his game, he's a number one corner for sure. And then you have two number one corners. And to me, that's extremely exciting to look at. And I really like that the Saints strength could be their secondary. And that hasn't happened in forever. So that to me is really, really big. Moving over to our third corner. He could play slot, but as we saw earlier, it seems like Chauncey Garner Johnson's going to play slot. PJ Williams. And he's also in the safety zone, so but we're going to put him in the cornerback because he's played cornerback for the Saints. But PJ Williams, 
He's a guy that we just signed this offseason. And again, he's a guy that I think is very, very solid. I think a lot of people don't like him and don't like that because sometimes he does get burned and stuff like that. But I think overall, he's a good slot corner. He's really solid. And we've seen him do a lot of great things. He had an interception last year. I mean, look, the 51 PFF grade, not so good, but the slot's a tough position to play. And I think that he did it very well. When you saw the Saints before PJ played and in the slot, the Saints were getting burned, burned, burned in the slot. They put PJ there and he solidified that point. Yes, did did some slot plays burn the Saints? Yes, but for the most part, he did a really good job and he really solidified that position. To me, he's a good tackler. He's um, a good um, player around the ball, which I think is really good. He's good against the run, which is also very good, especially for a slot guy, because you can get in positions where you have to stop the run. So to me, that's really big. And then also his ability to play safety gives you depth there as well. And the Saints just have such a deep safety group where, look, you never can have enough safeties. But again, I think PJ can add that other level to you as he's playing, as I do think he could play that traditional free safety as well, which to me is just very interesting. So he gives you a ton of versatility and signing him back for basically the veteran minimum. I mean, that's something that you would love to see, and he could do a lot of different things well. I think he can play slot at a starting level. Maybe he can play safety at a starting level. So if you can have a guy that plays two positions at a solid level and like an average starter level, you love it. And maybe Chauncey Garner-Johnson is playing more, and he's been better, and he's going to be now in the slot guy for the Saints instead of PJ, and the Saints are upgrading there. That's great. But then PJ also offers depth at the slot, but then also at other positions as well. I do think that if the Saints have to pick over PJ Williams and Patrick Robinson, they're going to go with PJ Williams. And our next player is Patrick Robinson, and he's more of a veteran type guy. He's 33 years old here. He's a guy that could have got cut, but the Saints kept him. And look, his expertise to me is that he could play the corner, really any corner position, and he's a veteran type guy. Look, another guy that you're not going to see him at a star level. I think he's a solid slot corner. And again, he did have an injury back in 2018, so I think that kind of hindered what he was able to do. And then 2019, he was coming back and never kind of got his feet under him. He's a guy that could play special teams, which is fine. But then also, he could play the slot, to me, at a solid level. Probably at the same level as P.J. Williams. Maybe because P.J. Williams started. Maybe P.J. is a little better. But I think you're going to... You, like, if they played each other at the slot, I don't think you'd see a big drop-off between them. And look, he had a great 2017 with the Eagles. Saints signed him, and he's kind of just taking a step back here. So maybe he can take that step forward. Maybe he can show it in training camp, and he can make this team. But again, if he, I think, will make this team because he could play boundary corner, too. I think he's a better boundary corner than Williams. And again, he played pretty well when Lattimore was out last year because Lattimore missed a few games. So Patrick Robinson stepped in and played pretty well. And then you had, again, that that playoff game is going to, you're going to keep on saying it. But I don't think that that playoff game, that end of the game, that big throw to Thielen was Patrick Robinson's fault because he was expecting help over the top. That never came. So that's really on Marcus Williams. But I do think that is very interesting. I, I think he could come in here and do a solid job for a few games as a backup, I think you can send him off to another team, and I think maybe another team will need a cornerback. They may need Patrick Robinson, because I think he's a player that you may see, um, like let's say he leaves the Saints, Saints cut him, because he also has a pretty big cap hit. I think he can start for another team. I think that the Saints are so deep at this position, I think that's possible. And look, he has given up big plays in the past, and everyone's going to talk about that Vikings play. But again, I think he's a solid player here as depth, and maybe the Saints keep him, maybe they don't. But to have that extra guy, that extra veteran there, I think is really would help the Saints. So I think the Saints should keep him. And again, if you're going to keep him or maybe another younger guy that's better in special teams, I, I think that's kind of the give and take that you have to pull. But I, but I do think that Robinson could play special teams. He's another guy that also is going to cost a lot. So if he's just playing special teams you know, and you're paying him all that money, that's kind of the issue there. So again, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do. 
I think he could play both the slot and boundary at an average level and a serviceable level. But again, I think he's a player that could be on the chopping block, especially if he has a poor cam. So definitely watch out for him. Because, But then also, if he has a really good camp, you could see him leapfrog some guys. So I think it is very interesting. I think at the end of the day, the Saints will keep him because he could play boundary corner probably better than the guys I'm going to mention after him. So to me, that is very, very interesting. And when we go on to our next guy, it is Justin Hardy. And the Saints kept him this year. And I think he's a great special teams player. He's probably the best special teams player on this team. He's a special teams ace. He's a guy that's going to come up in here, do a good job in special teams. You're not paying him a lot, so he's going to make this team just based off special teams. And to me, he's actually sneaky good in coverage, which I think was pretty interesting. Like, he did have a pick, pick six, I believe, or it was close to a pick six. I I think it was down to, like, the five-yard line back in 2018 against the Redskins. I was actually at that game, and it was actually really cool to see what he can do. But again, I think he's another player that's definitely underrated when he gets onto the field as a cornerback. I think he's definitely kind of a ball hockey as a nose of the ball, and I think that's why he's so good at special teams, and he's a good tackler. And again, obviously, he's going to need help in coverage and technique and all that stuff, but I I think if he played cornerback long-term and really got those reps, I think he actually has a pretty good upside in this league as a cornerback. If not, he's a great special teams player and the Saints will keep him, but he definitely makes his team. He's great depth. And again, he's going to be one of those players. If he doesn't make the team, I'd be very, very upset because I I love that his, you know, he's also really good in the locker room as well. So you had everything together. He's an amazing special teams player. He's a serviceable backup. And then also he's a guy that's great in the locker room that checks off all the boxes for him to come onto this team and do some really good work. Again, I think he's definitely making this team. I don't think they would have re-signed him unless he was making this team. So I thought that was very interesting. And then our last player here before we get into our UDFAs, and that's going to be Johnson Betamosi. Again, I think, and I think I said this from the Saints side and him, he's a pretty actually good special teams player. He did get hurt when he was on the Saints. But again, I think he's a guy who played 10 games between New Orleans and Miami. He was a special teams player. He did have four tackles. He was a 68.9 PFF grade when he was on those special teams. So definitely pretty solid player here. And I do think that he's a guy that could come up in here and play a serviceable special teams role for the Saints if they needed him. I think he's good depth to have on the 90-man roster. I think you would definitely have to take looks at him, but the odds are that he's going to make this team with everybody healthy are pretty low. I think if he's able to kind of, you, you may see a few injuries, or if he's able to take the next step as a player, again, maybe you see him make this team, but again, I see... Hardy making above him, and I think that's kind of what you're looking at. Maybe if another special teamer gets hurt or something happens, he's going to jump into that role, and it's great to see him here, but he would have to really stand out in special teams to make this team. Maybe he has a really good training camp here in the special teams department. He's a veteran. He's 30 years old, so maybe the teams want that on their special teams. He can make heads-up plays and all that stuff. He has played special teams for a very long time. He's definitely a good player that can do that, and maybe they want to keep him over some younger guys, but... I don't see him making this team over Justin Hardy, and the Saints usually like to put in those UDFAs that played special teams in college and really know what they're doing there, and usually the Saints do add a player like that. They did it with JT Gray and some other guys, so that's just kind of what I'm thinking about with this team, and again, he could definitely make this team, and it's possible, but he's a guy that, again, he gives you good special teams depth on the 90-man roster. I think if a guy gets hurt, you may see a better chance of him make the roster, but I think right now, if everybody's healthy, he's a bit of a long shot to make this roster. Before we get into our UDFAs for the cornerbacks, we do have one more player that I almost forgot about, and that's Dietrich Nichols. He's a very interesting player because he's coming from the XFL, from the Houston Roughnecks, and he was in the NFL for a little bit. He was an undrafted free agent, but now he's going to sign with the Saints 
because he was amazing here in the XFL. He had the most interceptions there. So obviously he played special teams as well. So you see that he has ball skills. He could definitely play man coverage. And he's a guy that has, he did play man coverage in the XFL. And again, I think he's a guy that he, he could definitely, I think, make a play. And I think that maybe the XFL taught him something to really be confident in his play. And maybe you see him make the roster because of that. I don't really know what we're getting with him. Because, again, he's a guy that was obviously really good in the XFL, and he did a, an amazing job there, and he was kind of a standout player. But back in the NFL, he was basically a practice squad player, so maybe he grew with that XFL experience, grew from being on the practice squad, grew from being a special teamer, and maybe you are getting more from him. It's very interesting. I don't really know where he's going to fall on this roster. I really don't know. I think it would be a surprise if he comes in and contributes, especially to the defense. But I think he could be a guy that could be a really standout special teams guy for the Saints. Like when you see those ball skills, like when players have a lot of interceptions, like that to me translates really well to special teams because that's making plays and stuff and all that stuff, getting down to the returner and stuff like that. I think I could see him doing that. But again, you really don't know what you're getting with him. It's a mixed bag. And again, maybe he makes his team as a special teamer. Maybe he makes his team as some depth at the cornerback spot. I don't really know. Because we haven't seen a lot of him. Like, if you look at his XFL tape, it's very, very good. But again, that's the XFL. That's not the NFL. And we'll really see the divide between the two leagues this year. It's going to be interesting to see what he's able to do. But I am very intrigued. And I think he could be a big training camp standout. Especially if he's a guy that comes in here and makes all those interceptions. He does a very good job. And he does something that stands out. You could see him definitely make this team and maybe even make this team as a cornerback as a kind of a depth guy there but again it's going to be very interesting I definitely very intrigued to what he's able to do here once the team practice and training camp starts I'm very excited to see him play but I definitely wanted to talk about it before we got into our UDFAs and here our first UDFA is Tino Ellis and to me he's a guy look he's a former wide receiver and he made that switch to defensive back so what does that kind of tell you his ball skills are there yes he is a good ball skills type player. He gets physical with guys. His technique definitely needs work, but he's uh, he's a faster guy, so he can stick with guys. And then his hands are very active. His hands technique is very good, so he's able to get those PDUs and interceptions. The cons are is that he used to play wide receiver, so that cornerback technique is not 100% there, but he does have good ball skills, and he's a guy that has the speed to stick with guys. He's going to be a guy that's kind of a lump of clay, and we're going to have to mold him. And also, I think if he was a guy that had a good season last year, but he got hurt last year. But if he had a good season last year, he would have, and was a standout. I think he could have been a draft pick. But because he got hurt, he never got that opportunity to do that. He only played four games last season. That's why you don't see him getting drafted and being an undrafted free agent. Because I think many times you see guys with a lot of attention, potential excuse me there that come into the undrafted free agents and people sign them and they're ended up ending up being solid players. It's just because in their senior year of college, they got hurt. Or they were blocked by some really big player and they weren't able to show their talents off. And that's why they were undrafted free agent instead of being a draft pick. I, I do think that's kind of a similar story for a lot of guys, similarly here with Tino Ellis. So I thought that was very interesting there. Guy with the ball skills, but you're gonna have to kind of a lump of clay and you're gonna have to work with him. And then the second guy is Keith Washington, and he's a guy that's coming from the Big 12 in West Virginia. And he's a guy that played a lot of zone in West Virginia because we know those Big 12 football, they don't really play press coverage. They play a lot of zone. They play off the ball. But he's also a guy that does have pretty good ball skills. And I can see him showing out in training camp because of those great ball skills. But you see his um, man-to-man abilities, his man-to-man technique is, is pretty lacking. So you're going to have to p- kind of build that there. I think he's going to have to learn that technique. So to do that, 
the practice squad's a perfect place for that. And again, I could see him there. I think he's a guy that will be able to play special teams because of those ball skills, but you could only have so many players playing special teams. So again, we'll kind of see how it all works out, but that's kind of his synopsis here for 2020. So what I'm thinking about this cornerback group is, look, they have two really great starters. And if you see Janoris Jenkins playing at the level that he has in the past, his top level with Marshawn Lattimore, you're going to have two Pro Bowl players and a one and a one A here. And the Saints will be set at the cornerback position. Now, if Janoris gets hurt or Lattimore gets hurt or Jenkins sees a lot of up and down play like he has sometimes and he's not at his top ability, I think that that could be a little of an issue. I think even if Janoris plays his average, even if he's playing below average, in my opinion, he's still a number two corner in the same level that Eli Apple was playing at. So that's my gauge on him. But if one of these two guys gets hurt, then your depth is going to be tested. And I honestly don't know how good the Saints depth is. I think you would like to see a lot more of Patrick Robinson on the outside. I think he could do it for a few games, but can he play it long term? I think that's something that hasn't been answered yet. Same with P.J. Williams. They both have the ability to play outside, but we haven't seen it consistently. So I think that's something that we have to look at as well. But again, it's kind of like right now you have two really great cornerbacks. After that, it's a little questionable. So a lot of people were saying that the Saints should go out and sign a veteran cornerback to be that third corner. But if everything goes well, that player won't see the field and he's kind of just wasting a roster spot here, especially if they can't play special teams. Now, if you can get a guy that's really good and could play special teams, then obviously that's great, but it's hard to come in with three cornerbacks as in, in the starting role. And again, I don't know if the Saints are doing that. They're probably not, but at least you have two really solid, great ones, and then you could work from there. And if those two guys are healthy, that's great. And again, if you can get a great third corner, maybe late in free agency, or maybe in a trade or something, maybe you do that, or maybe when one of those guys gets hurt, then you could make that trade for a cornerback. But I think right now, it's a solid group. It has the potential to be a really amazing group and be the best group for the Saints. But then also it has the potential to be the same as last year and kind of be a little bit of lagging behind the other groups. But again, I, I do think that this this group and this secondary has a chance to be really, really good, especially these cornerbacks, because you have two guys that can cover at a great level. If they can stay healthy and play at the top of their game, sky's the limit for these guys. But with all that said, I do want to wrap up this podcast hope you guys enjoyed it and if you like what we're doing here at the Huda discussion definitely follow all of our twitter accounts and instagram accounts and all the social media and then also you can listen to this podcast wherever you listen to all the other podcasts that you subscribe to and all that fun stuff so that means itunes spotify google play we are all on there so definitely check us out there if you haven't already we did put out another film study on David Onyemata, and then check out, we're going to have a film study kind of deviating what we usually do, because we usually do film studies on the guys we picked up in free agency, but now I'm going to be doing a free agency target that's still out there, Jadavion Clowney, and I'm going to break down his film, I can't wait to do that, but before we put that out, we do have a, a few other film studies, I believe four from this offseason, where we broke down a lot of the Saints players, we broke down Emmanuel Sanders, Malcolm Jenkins, Andrus Pete, Janoris Jenkins, and now David Onyemata, so now five, excuse me there. Um, so we have now five film studies. Definitely check those out if you haven't already. Really like doing them, and I can't wait to continue to do them for you guys. But that's all I have for you guys in this episode. So I wanted to say thank you for listening. Run it back. And who dat?